You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. And we are joined, of course, by the usuals, uh, Ike Jones and Mike G here, but also two of the newest members of the War Report Network. We have uh, Dylan Lark. Uh, from the College Loop and Dustin from the Up Temple Podcast, gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Dustin, you take it away. I'll let you go. Yeah, first. I'm, I'm doing great, brother. We got us another commitment this week. We're eight Saturdays, eight Saturdays to go, man. One more down. Oh, eight. So you've already started the countdown. That's our count. I started counting. Fifty-five days. Fifty-five days. If you want to keep it uh, real specific out here, <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and it doesn't seem that far away. We are getting really close to the season, so it's time to just start talking about some of these recruits. We're not going to waste any time, guys. You already know, unless you've been under a rock. Auburn landed a commitment from Mr. Malik Blockton. Here's some of his stats. Here. In case you didn't know, he there was a really close battle between him and Texas. Um, all, Bama showed some interest, not quite sure how serious they were about him, but uh, he had an opportunity to, to go out of state to either Texas or Florida and chose to stay home. In fact, one of the things that he cited was uh, his family having the opportunity to see him play, seeing as though he's from the Montgomery area. Uh, Auburn actually had an appeal. This kid was actually offered in the ninth grade from Auburn. Um, but he he spoke pretty adamantly about Hugh Freeze and the staff who actually was recruiting him uh, when they were at Liberty. So mm-hmm. when they came to Auburn, things picked up and he was a regular on Auburn's campus visiting either uh, unofficially or officially. And he recently made his commitment to the good guys. Four star, six foot three, 270 pounds. Uh, he projects to play on the end. Uh, he is the brother, of course, and we've talked about this a lot, of Marcus Harris. And he's looking forward to having the opportunity to see the field early. Uh, we have a lot of guys on the D-line who will be leaving out next year uh, after this season. So he's excited about the opportunity to see the field early and be a uh, contributor early as well. So, gentlemen, I will start with start with some of the newest members uh, of, of our network uh, Dustin, you you brought it up first. You're excited about this commitment. Why are you so excited about Malik Blockton? First thing, man, I'm going to say off the field leadership. He's a team captain, a uh, very high character kid. And I would predict that between him and Walker White, you've already got two future team captains on your commitment list. Mm-hmm. And right That's now right. in the air, hey, uh-huh. right now in the air of the transfer portal, man, like there's just so many different agendas that can come in, right? NIL deals, you know, there can be a lot of infighting that happens and we're going through coaching turnover. You've got guys that are from previous regimes and might have their own motivations. It's going to take Hugh Freeze a couple of all seasons, a couple of classes to get his kind of guys in there, character guys. I'm not talking about on the field. I'm talking about off the field. We know how he is about staying off list, being on time, all these kind of things. You can't just snap your fingers and change the culture. It's going to take time. I think this is the kind of guy right here that will help you do that. Obviously, hell of a player, a four-star. Of the 10 guys that we have committed, Rivals has eight of them as four-stars. Pretty good blue chip ratio right there. We're like 48th right now, I believe, is where rivals have us. I think that's just because of the lack of commitments. We all know kind of where this staff started coming in behind. 
I think that after Big Cat, you'll slowly see that to go just kind of jump throughout the season and then obviously start winning some games in the season and then all bets are off because we saw what they did last year in two or three weeks flipping all those guys. So I like where we're at right now. Um, both of the guys we added this week between Barber and Malik, high character guys and high instinct. That's one of the things that when I listen to guys that are a lot better at breaking down defensive linemen than me, they say instincts. He really, he knows where to be. And he's a versatile guy that can play different techniques on the line. So a versatile guy that Ron Roberts can use and guys up until this weekend, we didn't have one commitment on the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball. So it's time to start stacking those guys up and changing that for sure. Dylan, jump in, man. What are your thoughts, instant reactions to Malik Blockton's commitment? From what I heard, Texas made a, lo- a real late push to try to get Malik Blockton, but he stayed committed to the Tigers all the way through. And dude's huge. And I think he's going to be an immediate impact player right away. And watching the film on him, dude is fast. He's quick off the off the line. And I watched this dude try to manhandle guards like they were weighing like 180. Dude's going to be a huge. Uh, it's going to be a huge piece of this defensive line for the years to come, and hopefully, it stays all four years. Uh, but I think Jeremy Garrett, the D line coach, got a real, real gem with Blake Blockton. Guys, just your thoughts about about Jeremy Garrett. Uh, one of the things he's credited him as an amazing recruiter, and we've heard positive things. Of course, we've seen what Liberty's defensive line did uh, last year uh, in terms of their ability to get pressure. Just what do you make of Jeremy Garrett and the his growing reputation as a recruiter for defensive line? What do you what do you make of it, Dylan Dustin? Yeah, so just looking back at how Liberty was able to do a lot with a little. They were independent last year, now going into their first year as a conference. But Jeremy Garrett comes in, and right now, if you look at if you count Joseph Phillips as an edge rusher, which he's listed out on twenty four seven, it's two big pickups right away. And what he is doing is he is setting the tone for what he wants his defensive line to be in Hugh Freeze's tenure on the Plains, a defensive line that is hungry, that wants to get to the quarterback. And right away, you've got a stud who I think is, I don't want to say he's under the radar, but 24-7 has him as a three-star, four-star composite. So I, I count that as a little under the radar pickup right there. And I think he's going to be a stud and he's going to be a guy I think can, as you said, arguably is going to be a starter year one as a true freshman. Ike, Mike, what do you make of it? Uh, your, your thoughts about Malik Blockton. Obviously this is a guy who many people figured was an Auburn lean for a while. Uh, he's been visiting Auburn for a while. Uh, how do you feel about him finally being a part of this list of commitments for the 2024 class? Well, the point about Texas making a push for him at the last minute is, is interesting to me. Auburn is fighting some some heavyweight cats, man, for a lot of these recruits. Uh, now, Jeremy Garrett, we were actually ahead of the story of his hiring. And I can tell you that he won the room immediately when he met the players. When he met the current D-line, he won the room immediately. Uh, that was information that came to us. We reported, hey, Hugh Freeze is set to hire Jeremy Garrett. Um, I think that this, I, this hire got a little overlooked because it was – because he, he was kind of Hugh Freeze's guy, like he followed him right. over. So a lot of people right. thought, oh, he's just bringing over Liberty guys. And, and, and you know, remember, you remember that uh, the energy people gave Harson for doing the same, right? Um, right? I think people had leftover feelings about that. PTSD. They, yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, Potato Head is bringing over all the potatoes. And Jeremy Garrett came over from Liberty. And, and we talked about, I think, on the last show, uh, his D line was third in the nation in sacks. 
Now, people will point to the fact that Liberty was an independent and, you know, whatever. But, guys, at the end of the day, man, you can either play football or you can't. You can either move people out of the way or you can't. Now, he's coming in, uh, Dylan, you guys remind me, he's coming in at what weight, like 275? Uh, 6'4", 275 is what 24 Yeah, yeah, he can yeah, he's he's coming in at two seventy five. It's pretty big. Uh, I'll be interested in what they to see what they do with him in terms of his weight uh, and what his playing weight is going to be. But uh, just keep breaking them in, man. Like you know, you've got to fortify both sides of the line of scrimmage to compete in this league at a consistent level, and they seem to be attacking that. So uh, you mentioned they had not had one commit along the line, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Until this commitment, I mean, they did a lot of work in the last <laughs> recruiting class to try to yeah, for fortify sure. those lines. Uh, and now it just comes down to proof of concept. Hugh Freeze has not coached a single game at Auburn yet. And look at what he's doing in recruiting. Now, there's only one team in the recruiting rankings that has a rank higher than Auburn that has the same or less commits than Auburn. Well, there's no team. There's no team that's ranked higher. Always has less commits. So, you know, where they're ranked, I would I would urge people not to freak out about where they're ranked right now because, you know, it's what? people ever- not freak out about things in July having to do with recruiting. Impossible. Yeah, impossible. Right. Impo- uh, it's an impossible task. Where's hold on? Just for reference, where did Alabama finish the rankings last year? Like their 2022 class. What was Alabama ranked 2022? Their 2022 like class was number two, two right? Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are they currently ranked for 2023? They're ranked number 10. Oh, no, right oh I'm now. sorry, for 2023? Oh, you mean yes. 2024? 24, excuse me, yeah. yeah currently, this current class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're like in the 30s, 20s, somewhere in there. Yeah, they're Seven, kind of I got them at 17. They've got 11 commits. Okay. okay. Does anybody oh, they must, think they must, have picked, they must have picked up a new commit because I think they, they picked up somebody 10. else today? No, they got three okay. five stars. Okay. So, like, <laughs> does anybody think that they're going to finish the rankings outside the top 15? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Right. Not but somehow, yeah. somehow right. that's weird <laughs> to people that. Like, that's not weird, though. Like, oh, my God, Bama's ranked 17. They're, they're doing awful. No, that, nobody thinks that. But somehow the panic in people's brains won't allow them to realize there's a lot of recruiting left to do. And this staff pulled a recruiting ranking from outside the top 40 all the way up to what? Where did we finish last year? Like top 20, something 25, 21, 15, 16. Crazy, crazy, ridiculous amount of work done in a very short amount of time. And they've had almost a full recruiting cycle this time. I'm not worried about where we're ranked right now. And to Mike's point, I'm satisfied with the quality of each of the ones that we have on here. So like the quantity is going to go up, right? Like I'm not worried about the numbers there at some point in time, they're going to pivot and say, all right, we need to go start getting some more three stars in this class to fill the class out. I'm not worried about the quantity, but the fact that we have the level of quality that we have and the quantity of that quality this early with a lot more pending, I, I I ain't worried about where we are. Uh, guys, Hugh Freeze is going to add a five-star to this class. Will add a five-star to this class. Yeah. I am I am more confident about that now than I ever have class. been. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and you'll see what that will do. Because, again, Bama only has 11 commits, right? And for reference, the number one team ranked right now uh, is Georgia. Georgia. They, they already got 26 commits in their class. They're almost done. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they're they're done. Gonna get, people yeah. going to catch up to them. Yeah, man. They're about to go on vacation. 
Uh, yeah, like 26. We're good. Yeah, right. The only thing, pe- people 18. are out there trying to flip people from their commit class at this point in time. Yeah, and and Demarcus Riddick is making a decision, and he's presumed to flip from them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. either to Bama or us. So yeah. that's make, something to keep an eye on. It's going to be July 26 when Demarcus Riddick announces commitment three days awesome. before Big Cat Weekend. So right, he'll, he'll yeah. be there now. Right, like so. This was news because he's committed, but they're saying. Uh, like he's going to be he's committed and he's going to there, announce his commitment before, but he's coming to Big Cat. <laughs> All right, like so the math okay, ain't really for real this time. Right there on the date. Right, I know so, I I know I committed, but I'm gonna have a commitment ceremony. It's like when you get married at the at, at the courthouse, but you're actually still gonna have the wedding later. Is that what we're doing with this? Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, no, I'm gonna commit commit. I committed the early past time. I'm about to commit commit now. Yeah. The, first one, real. the first one was just kind of like practice. Soft opening. Yeah. Soft opening. <laughs> it was uh... it was the soft opening before the before the grand opening. <laughs> Big Cat Weekend. I, I'm interested to see what the evolution of Big Cat Weekend is going to be under Hugh Freeze as well, too. Uh, what unique things do they do? Uh, I mean, a lot of people have, a, I think, falsely assumed that once the inception of NIL came to fruition, it was all just going to be about throwing money places and, and recruits are just going to follow the money. But at the top, the money, believe it or not, is pretty even. At the top, the money is pretty even. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get... Well, that's, but, why those, that's why those schools were always the best schools because right. they always had the most money. Yeah, people were just like, oh, this is going to help the little guy. No, it's going to crush the little guy, <laughs> right? If you didn't have money, if you were broke, you're still broke after NIL. Yeah, if you were Ole you Miss, know? you're still Ole Miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to miss a chance to attack Ole Miss. But uh, <laughs> my old th- Miss Hens friends hate me because of you, by the way. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Yeah, you ruined you all of Miss friends. <laughs> sorry to hear that. All right, so I mean, I'm sorry he has old Miss fans. I, it, it, That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that you got old Miss fans. NIL didn't help him, right? And Lane Kiffin knew it, which is why he complained so much about this before it happened. So things like Big Cat still matter, right? Being able, guys, when I ran into Cam Coleman, and he talked about why AM over AU. There were a lot of factors involved, but he was like, you know, it, it helped them that it felt college station felt like home as well to him, too. So if all other things were equal, My right? Home like, is usually where I'm, I have the most money. So, yeah, yeah. And he got it. I get a chance to <laughs> to get out, you know, of the place where I'm from, play ball, you know, be, you know, a big guy in a new place. You know, that that could be that means something. So all yeah. these little intangible things people are forgetting still matter. You still have to recruit. You still have to sell your program, your college, the city, everything. You still got to sell it. And Hugh Freeze and his staff seem to be really focused on that. I think the commitment of Malik Blockton, you know, exemplifies that. I, I think that, you know, you, you continue to get these kids to come in. He just doesn't have proof of concept on the field. Once you do, your, your recruiting classes are going to start to look like Georgia's during this period where you have 20 plus commits and it's July. Because those right. guys don't have any, there's nothing, to, you're not learning anything about Georgia right now. You know they're good. Right, right. All right, you may be going there to see if the women are hot and if the food is good. <laughs> but other than that, you know they win. So you don't have really problem. You don't have any questions about how they develop talent at the University of Georgia. You just don't, right? Once Hugh Freeze can do that, once there are no questions about whether you're going to get development and opportunity at Auburn under his staff, you'll start to see the recruits start to commit early. And with the early signing period, man, I'm telling you, these commitments are more solid in July than they've ever been. 
Because if you're right. trying to get into spring ball, you need to know where you're going to play. Yeah. And the universities are putting the pressure on the kids to say, like, listen, unless you're, you know, a kid like Perry Thompson, they're holding us. They may not be holding a spot for you. Right. They may not be holding a spot for you unless you're a true five star, unless you're a generational talent. And you're one of those can't miss prospects. They might not be holding a spot for you. So you got to get committed where you're going to go, man. And I, I think they're going to do some great late work. But ultimately, how this class finishes will depend a lot on how the first six games of the season play out. Go out to Cal and win. Find a way to beat Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And finish this opening stretch four and two. You know, and you'll see recruiting pick up. Guys, I think that having a year just drama free will help too, right? Let's just have a yeah. let's just have a year where we don't have any. I mean, we're we're, we're we're kind of already in drama for this year. So, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that we can, maybe from, from the coaching perspective, yeah. yes, we can be drama free. On yeah. the field drama. Yeah. 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 On the field drama. But for yeah, sure. program drama is never going to not be a thing, it seems as if. But uh you know, you asked earlier, see, you know, Malik Blockton in his signing and then Jeremy Garrett in his hiring. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for this staff and kind of the perspective on that from our opinions? And I just think, man, Jeremy Garrett had a tough job. Let's just be clear, he had a tough job because he was he's taking over a room where the last couple of guys have been stellar. Like we haven't missed at D-line coach recently at Auburn. So this is not an easy job to step in and and take over. Right. And so for him to come into the room, because I, I'm gonna say this, I'm not gonna say specifically which rooms I'm talking about, but there are rooms that are existent right now at Auburn where the current coach hasn't won that room over yet. They're still working to get there because they liked the last guy. And, hey, okay, this new guy's cool, but he ain't that dude, right? And so he's got, he came in behind the, Jeremy Garrett was behind that eight ball as well because they liked the last dude, but they really like him. And that says a lot. And it says a lot because we have to figure out with Auburn, and I say we as if I'm on the team, but Auburn has to figure out how to be unified going into this season to get to that four and two that Mike G was just talking about. That's not just a product of having talent on the field. You got to have some cohesion and buy-in in the locker room, and you got to have guys that are willing to go out there and lay it on the line for you. We saw the exact same football team. We didn't get new players after Coach Harson left those last four games. Not new players, just a new mentality. Right. And so the mentality of the players has a lot to do with the result on the field. It just it just I don't know another way to say that it just absolutely does. And you saw the mentality shift and saw the product get better. Now, they were still ugly games because we, we weren't a good football team. Right. Like Mississippi State didn't all of a sudden become, you know, a fabulous performance on the field. We Texas A&M, that was uh, if you go back and watch the te- as much as I loved the result and the feeling in the stadium, it was an ugly game. It was an absolute. Now the weather played a part in it, and all. It was an absolutely abysmal game. It looked like a game between two teams that had only won three games that entire season. If you go back and look at it, take your emotion out of it and go watch the football game again. It was terrible, terrible football being played. Oh, we were winning sides. ugly games. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know we got absolutely mud stomped at Bama, right? So we were, make no mistakes about it. We still weren't a good football team, 
We weren't as bad as the previous games would have you believe, though. So the mentality of the team has a lot to do with the result on the field. And I think Jeremy Garrett's done a really good job of getting that room's buy-in early. And then he's done a great job of being a good recruiter out there on the, uh, you know, listen, Marcus Harris probably had a lot to do. He wouldn't, he would know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's letting his little brother come somewhere where he's like, hey, bro, like, I know I'm still here, bro, but I can't transfer no more. Don't, don't waste your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would it, it just that it's too easy. Like he's already transferred once. So it's not as if Marcus Harris doesn't know what good environments look like. He was at Kansas. He came over here. He lived through the whole Harson debacle. And he's here right now. He could tell you, hey, man, this dude, you freezing them. They ain't it, man. I wouldn't come. It's weird. Like, so Harson got fried a lot for talking as a, for about how the team needed a culture remake. For sure. And now Q Freeze is here and we're hearing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. So there's still some carryover with, with, with some of the, the guy and trying to I think this is Q Freeze's hardest job this fall. It's trying to get the culture where it needs to be. So that when the game is tight, your team is together and you can pull it out. Because they I mean, I would, lost I would a lot of those games that, last year. Year they, one Ole Miss was probably tougher than this. Like just from a standpoint, like where I'll, I'll sort of agree with you is this is his hardest job is at Ole Miss, even no, when I he mean, came his in hardest job this year. This, this year. With this, this oh, team. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, this, easy. This year, yeah. yeah. That transition right. year is... It's, it's, it's terribly. Now, the only reason why next year would potentially be harder is if they overachieve this year. And now the expectation level is ridiculous and you've got to figure out how to reproduce that. But year one in that transition is always going to be difficult yeah, yeah. because your, your timetables are truncated and mm-hmm. you just don't have the, the, the like the buy in that you're trying to get. And people don't understand your system to a hold it like you just have no carryover of any. It's not like he's he does not bring in a bunch of Liberty players over that already know his system so he can just install it quickly. It's not bringing out like as much as people complain about the Liberty coaches. He didn't bring over that many of them. So there's a lot of new stuff going on from a system standpoint for a lot of people. There's a lot of things that have to get done in a short amount of time for them to be able to put a product on the field that he can then go sell. Because we're talking about the product, the product. We don't even we don't have first clue what that product's actually going to be on the field. We know what his old tape looked like at these old stops. We know, you mm. know, what Philip Montgomery's tape looked like. We know you know, what Ron Roberts' take looked like before. We have no clue what this iteration of this Auburn staff and these Auburn players are going to look like in this SEC. Especially, no on, especially on offense. Because yeah. when, like, I, I I would argue until you know what the quarterback is going to look like, it's hard to know what any of the offense is going to look like. Right. You know, I, I know what he's going to want to try to do. <laughs> but. You know, whether you can actually do that or not will depend a lot on, you know, who ends up winning that starting job and how effective that person is at the things that Hugh Freeze is trying to do. Yeah. How many more days, Dylan? 55. 55 days. We're going to know. We're going to know in 55 days. We're going to have a start having a clue at least in 55 days for sure. Listen, Let's get to some of you guys' comments. Let me say okay, this you, before you, you get to the comments. Because I, I, did you, you, you guys saw I put the little quote. I don't. I, I want to be able to quote where it's from. That's the only reason I haven't made a big deal about it yet about Malik Blockton's comments on him having not talked to the previous staff. Oh, I saw that. 
Yes. That's a com that's one of the comments here. Okay, well, that's I'll, one of the I'll wait till we here. get to that one then. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the comments here. Uh Joey Kelsey, appreciate you, man, for the super chat and your support. He says, when we spoke, I like what you did here. Mm-hmm. ATM and college station this year, Coleman Flips was <laughs> with me. Uh, it happens early enough that it could make a difference. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be the, the deciding factor for Coleman, but I do think that it'll put a little something in the back of his head and be like, is this really where I want to be? I wonder if he's going to be at that game. Mike, uh, text uh, Cam Coleman and ask him if he's going to be <laughs> right, at the game. It, I'm doing it right station. now. <laughs> I will say, I think if you if you back up Cam Coleman a little bit, it really benefits Auburn's chances of getting Perry Thompson. So. I'm okay with the Cam Coleman staying at AM if it means we can take a five star away from that school across the across the state. Uh Dylan, I'm gonna tell you right now, those those guys talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coleman and Thompson talk, right? Like they're uh, and from what I understand what he told me, they're pretty close. So like um I'm I'm not sure it's going like if he decides he's coming, that was that'd be something that I think those guys would actually coordinate on. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's got to be one or the other in this particular situation, but I think and I think Hugh Freeze would be here for all of that. Oh, if yeah. they were. If they oh, were yeah. Everybody. Would yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think if you can sell to them, you guys are the next Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase of the SEC. I mean, their egos are big and, and you have proof of concept on the field and you can show those guys that they're going to get the ball and there's enough ball to go around for the both of them. Sure. So. So let me so, okay. So let me ask you guys just before we move on to the next comments: Is it really that Auburn has to beat A and M, or that Auburn's offense has to be more impressive than A and M's offense? Yeah, right. Okay, game? that's a great point because you can have a great, you can lose that game and play excellent offensively, right? If, um, it, turn, if it turns into a shootout. Right. And defense is the reason I don't know. Like, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Hopefully like, that's not the no, case. That's not the case. Right. Yeah. The, the, here, here's the only reason why I say I'm not sure about that. It's more likely that the guy playing quarterback for AM will be there again next year than it is that the guy playing quarterback for all. If the offense is good this year for Auburn, they're they're more likely to have an incumbent starter than Auburn is because I, I the, the, the young man who Connor Wickman ain't going nowhere. He'll be there. If he plays well this year, he's going to be the starter again next year. Peyton Thorne plays well this year. He's out of here. You think so? Um, well, I don't know. Like, I think he could have a good game that game. Well, I say, well I'm not yeah. saying that game. I'm just saying, like, AM's defense probably is good enough that if he plays well that game, game four, he's not just going to blow a tire out. Their defense, was, the their, def- their defense was statistically very good last year. Yeah, they weren't um, great against the run. Their but they, offense they were was overall bad. A, a well-oiled machine. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know that. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating forward from a good game at College Station, meaning Peyton Thorne having a good season. He probably leaves for the NFL draft. Is, is this really a, a question of Philip Montgomery versus uh, Evil Knievel? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I guess they're, 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 but yeah, to, to the point that we're trying to make about proving the concept is 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 viable. Yeah, y'all think he still rides motorcycles? Y'all think he gave that up? 
yeah, I think <laughs> I can joke about that, right? Like he's okay, right? Like yeah. he survived. No, that's fine. not that's not too soon. All that right. was a, that was amazing. Yeah, it was that long was, enough ago. You could definitely. That's probably it's probably in his contract that he can't ride motorcycles. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Put in, like a, a morality clause. No, that's absolutely <laughs> no in his clause Harley's. for sure. <laughs> that's absolutely. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I just want what to was make the point on the um on the Cam Coleman Perry Thompson, and then something to think about with this whole A and M situation. So. One in the future with Hugh Freeze being our head coach, we're gonna he's gonna try to stack multiple five star wide receivers. So to that point, I don't know if to, to what you're saying, Dylan, if that's the case, I wouldn't want a guy that doesn't want to play with another five star. That's not you just saw what Bamlet was able to do, the success they've had, just stacking up these crazy wide receiver cores. If you're gonna play for Hugh Freeze, you're gonna have to get used to that. He's gonna try to bring in every stud he can at a wide receiver position. And um, Miami plays A&M, what, like week two or three? So let's say okay. that A&M, but before they play us, let's say that yeah. A&M loses to Miami and then we beat them. That noise in A&M is going to be two losses by week four. That it's going to get really loud really fast there if we, if, if we if, beat them. If A&M's coaching situation looks like it's shaky by week five, that may be a bigger Which factor. Which is very than possible. Anything, that's right? a tough September. To your point, Dustin, that's a tough September for them, given the pressure he's under and all the changes. Yeah, happening man, that, listen, that seat is hot. That seat is yeah, hot. Lose a couple there. games, and then, and then he really gets turned up. Where does it go from there? Then him and Jimbo and Petrino get in a fight, like we all, we all talked about recently as possible. Mm-hmm. What happens, man? It can get messy in college. Guys, I, I really <laughs> hate Bobby Petrino, man. Listen, so <laughs> <laughs> when we were, we were at the Capital One Bowl, um, and they had sent me like my like so at the bowl game like my job was to take um all the coaches their laptops because we would load it up with film and then take it to them and so I'm up in like Petrino's suite uh at that game this is 2002 Capital One Bowl um and he was accepting he was talking well I don't know if he was accepting like he was talking to somebody telling them I'm gonna be the new head coach at the University of Louisville. Like, and when I tell you, I felt like he was checked out for that game. And the end score ended up being like 13 to nine. We beat them. It was one of the worst games Auburn had played offensively all year. Um, I blamed him for that. <laughs> I blamed him for that. I, I personally felt like he took that job and all you had to do was be a professional for one more day. Mm. And all, Auburn almost paid the price for it. I dislike Bobby Petrino strongly. I do. I, I just can't get over the fact you call him evil. That, that, was, <laughs> oh, yeah. that was that was masterful. I would love. I would love to see a Ghost Rider versus Jimothy fight. Man, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Uh, Brad Browning, appreciate you being with us. He says Montgomery area high schools have some stud recruits: Carver, Prattville, Pike Road, Batumka. This area is pretty good for its size. And I'm excited about Auburn potentially building a pipeline, especially with Pike Road. Is uh, it? Is it Jeremy Johnson, like the head coach at Carver now? Uh, he's the running back yeah, coach. He's, he's not the head Catholic. coach. Okay, all right. Yeah, sorry. He's also Wrong a quarterback story. for the Caudillo State Chihuahua from the La Liga de Football Americano in Mexico. Wow, that Dylan. is a stellar. He won. He won. <laughs> he won offensive MVP and a championship. And that that is a stellar factoid. That my if, man. If I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know if Jeremy's some of his relatives know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive. Right, he knows that. I, I love Jeremy Johnson. I can't lie. I've always, I've always loved Jeremy. Okay, all right. I feel right, that. Right, yeah. right on. Well, he hit us with the trivia night on that one. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. When you we win. have TWR trivia, I now know who will be the. 
yeah, yeah. You're on my team. Team Mike G. <laughs> <laughs> G Boston, appreciate you being with us. He says he's that size right now. He has one more, more, one more year of high school to play. He could be closer to 90, 290 plus. Yeah, yeah. What, what's I, I think Marcus Harris sitting at right now? Wait on him. That's a good question, uh, Ike. I can look that up. I got it somewhere on here. I got literally every roster in the SEC pulled up over hmm. here. Ike's pulling it up. We're gonna move on to the next comment. You can, you can, you can let us know for sure. Uh, Chess Rockwell says we don't have anything on UGA as far as off-field drama. I agree, yeah. Chess. Yeah. However, winning, winning <laughs> covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. Two ninety-five. Something that Auburn currently. Right now, by the way, he's how, how much? Two ninety-five. There you go. There you go. So he probably be, he could could be closer to two two ninety once it's all said and well, done. Georgia has more of on the road drama right now. That's more <laughs> of how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. again, when you're winning, it's easier. It's easier to sweep that under the rug. Yeah, it, sure. it, it seems like I had read something. Like Josh Pate was pretty. He was hot on this about mm-hmm. the Georgia drama, and he was talking about how he felt like a lot of it was manufactured. The, the AJC article was, the headline was sensationalized, but when you actually read the article, there was not a ton of meat there. And everybody just kind of jumped all over the headline, as, as we know happens a lot with, you know, with media stuff that circulates on, on Twitter and other social media sites. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, a lot of people accuse Josh of being, you know, a Kirby homer. And uh, Josh is a homer for some new team every couple of days. It seems. Yeah, yeah, it seems like, you know, as far as some fans are concerned. But the AJC put the article behind the paywall, which is why a lot of people did not jump all over the headline. But a lot of folks did not actually read it because they were going to pay to read it. Um, so, you know, Georgia, you know, may not have as much drama like, you know, you know, if you if you write anything about Georgia right now, it's going to get clicks. Now, now I, I feel the Bama as a whole athletic department had re- real life drama. Yeah, all like sure. you know, every time Auburn was about to do something, Bama was like, "No, nope, no, nope, spotlight on us," <laughs> right? So they kept it on them all off season. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they can clean up that mess of an athletic department. I mean, their baseball coach was literally betting on their games, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, good God, man! Like, I mean, between that and uh, uh, Nate Oates, uh, PR extraordinaire. And, um, you know, I mean, even Saban had some drama with Tony Mitchell. Uh, he was the only one that handled his right, though. Uh, but it was so uh, funny. Semi right. It was only right in the moment. He's still on the team. I mean, he, he, threw, he threw NATO's under the bus, though, in his quote, which I love. That was that was, was delicious. That and was then, very and then showed up at beautiful. a practice with them. I, like, they're, they're a joke, bro. I, they're a freaking joke, man. Eight days until SEC media days, guys. And I have been. Oh, don't! I'm definitely asking him. Somebody's going to ask him a Tony Mitchell question. Teddy, Man, I'm, I'm 100% going to ask a Tony Mitchell. question. Hey, hey, guys, guys. Hey, hey, hey. hey. yeah, <laughs> hey, 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 get hey, ready. Hey. If you're a Bama fan and you're watching, call Saban and warn him. The War Report is going to ask him about Tony Mitchell. So I'm going to follow him, and he goes to like three different rooms. Just so you know, I'm following him to every room. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 if he doesn't answer the question right, I'm gonna good, ask good, it again. Goodman's gonna words. ask it if you don't. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Like he, I mean, he's is he a Bama homer? Nah, he's been going in on him lately. I was about to say, good, okay. Goodman's just a he's just a goody two shoes. He's, he's, he's just he he's the morality police for sure. Yeah, God, listen. The, 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 yeah. the, one of the highlights of media days last year, guys, was Harson getting on stage and saying, "I'm gonna say this once, 
And I'm not oh, answering man. any more questions about Literally this. And then Goodrich's first, first question was like, and, and to his credit, yeah, I F thought he handled that. it very about gracefully, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Like, come about on. About what dude. you said you weren't going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, man. That was my first time seeing his face in person. It was underwhelming. But, like, yeah, I just, I didn't feel, I, I, like, you know, you get so, you don't, not everybody gets a question. And when you get a question, ask something that actually is going to produce something fans want to know. Right. We had heard, everybody had heard everything they needed to know. Carson was absolutely positively not going to give you anything there. Mm. None. If you had done any research, you you weren't going to get him to react to you. And I think maybe that's what he was hoping for. He was hoping to create a moment. And so, mm. you know, when we go to media days this year, you know, I, I mean, we all hope to create moments as media, but, you know, smart moments. Smart moments, right? So I can't wait to talk to Saban and all the coaches. I mean, we're I, but so I I think we're the only like Auburn outlet that's there all week. I have no idea what the other guys. Well, are yeah, doing. yeah. I think I think we're the only Auburn outlet last year. I, I mean, I think Zach was there all week, yeah. but you know, other than that, I don't remember nobody else was there all week. They all just came with Harson went and left. So this this will be interesting this year to ask them about some of that stuff. Before we get out of here, guys, and take this break, uh, let's. Ike, you mentioned it. I said there's a comment on it. Montario Munford uh, says Harson didn't talk to Blockton for the entire two years he was there, while his brother was also on the team. This was actually mentioned yeah. uh, mm-hmm. by Blockton and was reported by Two Four Seven Sports. Uh, thoughts on this, guys? Listen, I'm I'm not as hard. I'm probably not as hard as on Harson as a lot of people are, but this is fair. Yeah, that's, just, that's just weird. That's just weird. If he's just saying. <laughs> I mean, he's stating the fact. He didn't talk to me. And that's his truth to tell. So, like, I mean, I believe him. He's no reason to lie about that, really. He's just saying, hey, listen, man, he didn't talk to me. Hugh Freeze did. Also, too, also, too, is that I really wasn't hearing a lot about Blockton until this year. Right. For him to be his brother. So it actually kind of matches with what he's saying. Like, I just don't think he felt the love. So the, the, the <laughs> fact that the fact that he chose Auburn over these other schools is something to make note of because he could have very easily gone out of out of out of school, out of state. Like this, a lot of this our feels like done. this feels like it would have been a blown layup. Right. Like. Hmm. It's almost yeah. as if, man, just sit down and talk to me and I'll come play there. And they're just like, ah, we'll wait. We'll talk to you later. It's like, bro, like, what do we do? Like, it, it, was it a situation where he's like, well, I got him in my back pocket. I'm not going to do too much. Or it, like, or is this truly negligence? Like, had he truly checked out to that degree where he's like, you know what, man? They about to get rid of me anywhere. I'm not doing this. Like, I just don't understand that. Because if you got a layup, bro, take the layup. What are you, Ben Simmons out here? What are we doing? Yeah. We just... Not going to take layups wow. that are right there. Do you guys think, <laughs> despite the results on the field, if Harson had put in the same type of effort in recruiting that Hugh Freeze is right now, he'd still be the Auburn coach? Do you think any, Do you think that would have saved his job? Um, I don't know how Dustin, you... Dustin doesn't put, want to hear about this. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know how you could um, put in that level of effort and get that kind of result, right? Like, I just don't... I think the two go hand in hand. Um, I, there's was, just a certain was, mentality I, around that cultivation. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of stuff that led to Harsis undoing. Recruiting being one of them, mm-hmm. I don't know if recruiting in and of itself single-handedly saves Harsis. Yeah. Okay. All right, fair enough. Because he was already not wanted by the, the, the decision makers at all. Like, I just, so that I, already put you behind the eight ball. I, I don't know how you get the results you do on the field and good recruiting results 
right? And then, like, I don't know, Penn State still happens. Uh, Arkansas still happens, right? right. Like, those games, right. you can't just erase those just because you did better in recruiting. Coaching turnover. Recruiting. Coaching turnover. Yeah. Players, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on yeah. with, with Harson that led to him no longer being mm. here. I, I don't know if we can single-handedly put it on recruiting, even though it was a big part of it.